Welcome to The Coaching Podcast, Coach for Success in Sport and Business. G'day everybody and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. My name's Emma Doyle and I'm so excited to be sitting here with Barb Van Hare. Did I pronounce it right? First yes, you did. Yes, we're winning. We're <laughs> winning with that. Barb's an executive coach, talent development leader, and change consultant of Kinetic Clarity. Barb, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. All right. So let, look, we'll kick it off, Barb. It is the Vegemite question. Now, I don't know if you've been to Australia. I don't even know if you've tried it, but I'm dying, dying to find out. What's your take on Vegemite? Yeah, well, um, I'm embarrassed to say I have not tried it. Um, and so that's just a sad thing. And I do need to get down to visit Australia. Um, but I have a feeling I wouldn't like it anyway. Um, so I know what you're going to do next. <laughs> you may ask me a question because I don't like it and I haven't tried it. Right. <laughs> have you listened to the podcast before? Oh, I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. Uh, please, based on that fact, why don't you start with your worst coaching moment and what were some of the lessons? Yeah, I, um, so I was coaching a lovely, lovely leader and um, I, we were having just a fantastic time working on her and all of her stuff. But the thing I missed was the environment that she was in. And we went into a situation to kind of align with her boss. And what I realized is I, she, I was throwing her to the wolves. Like she was trying to make all these changes, but we couldn't affect everything around her. And I just felt like I completely, utterly, totally failed her mm. um, because I just, you know, I mean, as coaches, we really want to serve and make, you know, things better for the people that we're working with. And I just, I couldn't do it because everything around her was a complete disaster. And um, anyway, the thing for me is, is like, I, I want to try to fix everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fixer and coaches aren't fixers, but for me in that moment, I really was like, I felt like I just totally failed. And, um, but the one thing I did realize is like, she, what it, we did do by focusing on her was at least um, she had choices. And so I still think it was okay to make her a better person where she was, even if everybody else around her couldn't like, um, they just, they couldn't, she couldn't succeed. Like she was, I don't know. I was appalled. Like it was really bad, bad, bad leadership behavior. So I think for me, when I see really bad examples of leadership, I just, I, I just have to get out of there. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, have you ever run into somebody that you really can't coach? And it's like, and it wasn't her, but it was everybody around her. And anyway, so long story short, I'm just, I'm a bit of a coward when I run into people that I could just can't relate to that are just so not open to change. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm kind of embarrassed that I, some people are not coachable, but. Yeah, no, it makes a hundred percent sense. I think I'm even going to pick your brain just on that yeah. it later on about how we manage the the leader and the coach e. I, I think that's a fascinating topic. We might take a deeper dive into that a bit later. Thanks yeah. for sharing that one. What about on the flip side? Have you got a moment that went well and, and what was the lesson? Yeah, you know, there was, um, I was coaching somebody who was a really strong analytical type and um, uh, he was ha having a lot of frustration at work and was super reactive. And so we walked through a bunch of tools and kind of some different ways of just kind of relaxing and not trying to control everybody around him. Um, and the best moment is he came back at the end. He said, all these things we talked through about me, like listening more and 
um, you know, really kind of being in better relationship. He's like, I think it saved my marriage. And I was like, oh, yes, because this stuff is not just about work or it's not just about sports. And it's about, it's like the whole life and like who we are at work is who we are at home. And so I just love that what we do actually just has an impact across everything, even though we're usually brought in to do the work thing. Mm, I love that story. It reminds me back in 2006 when I first became a, a coach off the tennis court and yeah. the seven people in that course we're still friends today because of massive life change like totally different but we yeah. all had life changes we were in this business coaching course but our lives transformed that yes. year and yeah. today we we catch up it's awesome. They're yeah. a bunch of girls. It Thank affects you. everything. Like yeah. it, who you are is everything and mm. the people you change with mean everything. So I totally mm. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And speaking of making change, our next question is okay. the sliding doors question. <laughs> Have you seen the movie, by the way? The I love that movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite movies. And um, it's just, it's interesting to think about. And uh, I was there are a few moments where I, everything changed for me. Um, but the one that was more um, business related, um, I had been working as a talent development leader in an organization for about six months. And I worked so hard, like, and I'm a type A, like, I want to do great and get a good grade, right? Like, I mean, I'm kind of motivated that way. And um, the head of HR had decided heard this through the grapevine that everybody was going to get a three out of five on their mid-year review. And I mean, I am just like a no BS gal. And I was like, this is so like BS. And so my poor boss, who actually was more of a peer for me, he's like, well, Barb, you know, I know you've worked really hard, but you have a three. And um, I was like, okay, um, BS, first of all. I was like, well, what, you know, what would a five look like? And they weren't able to say it. Anyway, long story short, the moment I just, and I hadn't even talked to my husband or anything. I'm like, you know, I think I'm gonna quit. And it was before a long weekend. And he's like, what? He's like, why don't you get back to me on Tuesday? I was like, yeah, okay. And you know, I kind of went home and thought about it. I was like, I'm out of here. I cannot handle this kind of hypocrisy. Like, let's not even do performance management. So anyway, long story short, like I, I went off and, and got into coaching you know, started my own business and all of that stuff. But I sometimes think about like, what if I had stayed, been able to manage some of that discomfort and worked through it. And I might've like continued on that corporate career in HR and things like that. And I sometimes miss the idea of being in a team, you know, uh, being a force of change in cultures and things like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, this was my calling. So to just, you know, quit on spur of the moment was the thing that needed to happen. But um, that was totally sliding door because there's another me out there who stayed instead of, you know. I love I love that there's another me out there. What a great way! Another great oh, way to, to think about it. That's that's awesome. In one to a maximum of three words, Bob, what do you think makes a great coach? Okay, well, I I know you like this question, and I'm fine tuning. I'm going to say love and listening and then curiosity mm. and I think they match up with some of your words too <laughs> Maybe. I have a feeling that you and I could do a three-hour podcast <laughs> oh, good. 
I know we could go into all of these. <laughs> could could you just expand just a tiny bit with your lens cap of each of those? Oh, totally. You mean I get more words? Yes. 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 Now you can expand. So, <laughs> you know, when I think about what it takes to be a good coach, is like this huge capacity for non-judgment and caring and compassion. And so I think that love place, I know in corporate, we don't like to say the L word, but that's what it is. It's like having a big heart and believing in people, um, even when they don't believe in themselves or when they've got stuff to work through, if they feel any kind of shame, they need somebody to believe in them and care about them enough to get through that so they can get to a better place. Like, so that compassion piece or caring piece is huge. And then listening is really about being super present and attentive. And um, it's not about being in our own agenda, but it's like being there for the other person to me. Um, and then the curiosity, it's just like being open because it's really, you know, I was a consultant before and to go to coaching where your value is not associated with what you deliver, but in how well you ask questions <laughs> and don't know. And so that curiosity kind of represents this ability to, to be not knowing or not the expert. Um, so does that help expand I, on that? A hundred percent helped. And I, I just you had an awesome distinction with curiosity that I love that we don't need to know the answer. I definitely yeah. grew up in a, in a world where as the tennis coach, you are the expert or as the sports right. coach, you're seen as the most knowledgeable person there yet many times I would fail a student, you know, with yeah. maybe looking at a forehand, but addressing something else. And right. I, I, in the workplace, the minute I, I think I know how to fix something. And we mentioned that earlier, we're not, we're not fixers, but the minute we think we know how to fix is like, hang on, let me just be more curious first, right. go to curiosity first. I'm not saying you know, one of the um, guests recently, her, what makes a great coach, she said, accessing your intuition. And I think yes. tapping into that and knowing when to go there is coaching mastery which yeah. I hope that I get that when I'm in my 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still playing around with that too. But, you know, as you were saying that, I think there's like a, a polarity or a um, paradox in that, you know, I think we need, even as leaders or as coaches, whatever, we need to show up totally not knowing and curious, but we also have to be comfortable with our certainty and our confidence. Um, and so we really kind of have to have both. Because you, if you're only curious, then you don't really trust yourself and what you know. But if you only know what you know and you don't open yourself up, anyway. So it's kind of a weird tension to hold, I think. Mm, it is. It's it's a beautiful sort of tipping point, a balance point. And right, I, think yeah. I mentioned to you my one of my words I've been playing around with is couture because it's the coach hat Ooh. and then it's the mentor hat of having mm -hmm. the confidence to know which tool, which is still about yeah. asking questions, but when when oh. to ask what. Um, which is, I think, a real mentor piece of the coaching arm. Totally. Mm. Yeah. You like that? No, you like it? I'm still exploring it. I have hours. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. If I've got Bob's approval, I'm going to keep keep exploring. I'm going to be keep being curious about that one. Yes, um, yes. Love listening and curiosity. Fantastic. And our last official question on the okay. coaching podcast is, mm. what question do you have for us? What sparks Bob's curiosity? 
Um, you know, I'm always really curious about um, how people are reactive, like when they're under stress or tension, um, but also more importantly too, like how they um, manage it. Um, and so how that's coming up from here, and I'm just taking a course on the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with that, but yep. if I could ask everybody what their Enneagram type was, it would just give me so much information into who they are as a human and what they struggle with and, um, you know, how they're trying to be better um, and, and where they're learning about themselves. And so that, I, I know that was maybe not just one question. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, that's always where I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, uh, being from a performance background, hmm. I'm always curious around how people perform under pressure. Uh, so yeah, yeah. One of the tools that I've been playing around with um, is called Heliconia out of France. Mm. And it's mm. all about how you are in your natural straight state and how you are mm. under pressure. Yeah. yeah. And how people then react. So in order to coach, help sports coaches coach people uh, in their natural environment in, you know, on a practice session and then on competition day which right. I think is so transferable to the workplace I mean that's what this whole coaching podcast is about absolutely yeah well because under that stress and strain you want to bring out the best in people but it's also stress and strain can really bring out the worst and so to be super interested in what happens in that performance state is what it is all about right mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty awesome yeah and let alone all the the neuroscience of all yeah. the chemicals that are hitting the body and uh i, I i'm fascinated in that as well um maybe mm. is for another, for another podcast, yeah. but, um well those questions are absolutely brilliant uh answers and, and reflections thank you for sharing so yeah. now we get to go a little bit rogue because you said cool. you've got a little bit of extra time for me. Yeah. we appreciate that uh so can I go back to something you said earlier or what recommendations do you have for coaches to navigate the situation when you're coaching somebody, but there's a, there's a leader or a boss or a, yeah. even a stakeholder or someone who's even paying your bills. And in the sports right. world, that's often the parent, right. so the parents right. paying for the lesson, but your student is, you know, is the player. Mm -hmm. Um, so how can we navigate, besides running away, <laughs> Yeah, right. what, what are some of your best tips on how, to, how can we help coaches navigate that? Yeah, I think, you know, we're going to discover some stuff together because I actually am not sure. I, I think conventional wisdom and what I hear everybody say is you've got to go top down, but we don't always have that invitation. Um, and if, whether it's parents in sports or the senior C-suite leaders, um, oftentimes, you know, if I'll use a Brene term, those folks are fairly armored up. Um, and so they're asking us to, you know, fix down there. And I've just come to the place where I'm like, whoever's willing, I am there for you. And if I can at least get you to the point where you, you're not taking your baggage with you wherever you go, then my point of view is that we're making the world a better place, you know, self-awareness wise. And um, I'd like to think some of these folks, once they open their eyes up, are not going to put up with that kind of armored bad behavior from the people around them that are supposed to be with them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, this one leader, I think, you know, they're still there, <laughs> but it, it, 
it's painful to see somebody try to change in a system that's not changing with them. So, I, I mean, what do you, th- what is your point of view on that? I'd love to hear. Yeah. Well, I think that, well, one thing I'll just pick up on in what you said that I loved is permission. Hmm. So again, you, we can lead the horse to water, but we can't make a drink. Right. I think as a coach, that's something we always need to keep in mind. But what came up for me is, is this, um, you use the word courageous a lot in your work, but having mm. that courageous conversation and uh, one of my favorite little um, strategies around that, I call it um, a coaching, it's called TFFI, we can fly. Sounds like an airline, doesn't nice. it? You like that? Yes. that so it's good. just the topic, topic, facts, feeling, impact is TFFI. Yeah, cool. yeah. And then the we can fly is, this is what I want. This is how I've contributed to the situation. Right. And the last F is, you know, so moving forwards. And if you can get through all of that without them jumping in the space or you just, or you ask for permission <laughs> to get right. through that, that conversation of, right. of your observations, your facts and your feelings, which someone can never argue with your own feelings. Right. I love that little strategy uh, around mm. having that courageous conversation. Something that I've avoided most of my career. Uh, you know, especially with, with parents yeah. early, you know, early in my sporting coaching career, I used, you know, I've helped a lot of students that I've worked with actually uh, reframe their parents' comments. <laughs> like reframing is like the biggest, like you, you, your dad didn't really mean that, or your mom didn't really mean what they really meant was they, right. they care. They just expressed it in a way that I want you to reframe. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I think having that conversation, I'm working with a parent at the moment, but very sort of um, high-performing 14-year-old boy, and that that parent is is coming along, and they're very Eastern European, and they're very they acknowledge that they don't have the skills. Um, So, Mm. I, I think it's a combination of permission, courageous conversations. Uh, and also you can only do what you can do. So compartmentalize comes to mind as well. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of maybe the last resort. I love that you have a structure because I think we need as much structure as we can get when we're going to be super brave and have a hard conversation like that. Um, But as you were talking, it just reminded me that my actual home base is I actually do believe everybody's doing the best they can. And that comes from some of Brene Brown's work too. But um, when you said you're helping the players reframe, I think you can do that because you know these parents or these leaders who might, the behaviors on the outside might be really damaging. They're actually doing the best they can in the circumstances they're in. And usually their intentions are not to be they're not trying to be jerks mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe what's happening, but it, that reframe thing is just a good reminder because we know how to do that as coaches too. So I think that's a great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So w- what is your background hmm. with becoming a certified dare to lead facilitator? How did, how did you, that spark your interest? Why did you yeah. do that course? Uh, and why Brene Brown? Because yeah. I know we, besides we all love her yes. <laughs> and the strength in vulnerability, but I'd love to um, hear your, your connection. Yeah. Well, and I may have to even go back after I say the first thing, which is I was with um, a friend and colleague, somebody I was doing some coaching work with and, um, uh, she just said, oh, I'm so excited. I just applied for Brene Brown. And I, I just thought, dear lead facilitation. And I was like, oh, you're kidding. Like, I had no idea. I didn't do the research. This is me. Like, I'm just like, opportunities show up. And I like, try to 
take them, but um, I'm not the person that figured it all out. And I was like, would you be okay if I tried to? And she's like, of course. And so anyway, it was totally last minute, two minutes or two weeks before the the window closed. And so I got really lucky. And so she took 700 or so uh, people in 2019 and trained them to be her facilitators. And then uh, I said 2019, anyway, pandemic and everything else, it, it just hasn't been um, on their radar to do again, but I know there's a huge amount of interest. And so if anybody's interested in becoming a facilitator, you can go to her website, the Dare to Lead website, and down below there's like stay in touch about that because it's really great work and mm -hmm. um, I love that. But I would actually say before that, what got me ready for it was doing the coaching certification. So I know your organization does that. Getting accredited through ICF is really important. And I did my work through um, CTI or the Coactive Training Institute. And, um, and I'm now on their faculty. So I help train coaches in that capacity. And um, so I had a she likes to, uh, Brene likes to train people who already have a, a, a business or a pretty solid foundation and then her work fits into it. And so I do do a lot of one-on-one -on -one team coaching, leadership development, all that kind of stuff that you do as well. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of was a nice add-on to what I was doing. Yeah, fantastic. And um, just on that, while we're talking about education, I know that you're certainly um, qualified in a number of tools and you mentioned the, the ideogram. What's your favorite? And I mean, there's so oh. many tools out there. Like what, what are you sort of your go-tos or? I kind of just, my motto is love the one you're with. Um, and <laughs> um, the one I'm with is Enneagram and the Integrative Nine Enneagram. I'm absolutely, totally geeking out all over it. It's really great. Um, okay. But and I so also did you Train. Oh, go ahead. Did you become a trainer in, in that one or are you doing that? No, right I'm just a participant. It is so awesome to ah. not be training. <laughs> I just like yeah. I have two weeks of just showing up and learning, which is awesome. Yeah. Um so I do that. Um, I like the leadership circle profile 360, Hogan leadership assessments, um, MHS uh eqi what else oh and i love emergenetics it's one of those like mbti insights ones so i i'm a super geek when mm -hmm. it comes to assessments because mm -hmm. i i think people like having data and i know in sports performance too like really understanding that um assessment of where you are and having that vision and dream about where you're going and those assessments can help close that gap mm -hmm. so as opposed or compared to three out of five performance reviews yeah. <laughs> where everyone got that same number. That was, that was a great story. Oh so, God. I mean, I think also, you know, I, I, I totally agree. I think having a tool, um, having the data point A to, to point C and, yeah. and mapping out your, your road, I think. Are there is, some is that you use? Like what do critical. you use? Yeah, for... just um, Mbit and um, DISC and the other one, oh, yeah. the um, the Gallup Strengths. And the, oh, yeah. the one that I'm really into is is the the Helicon, Heliconia, which is right. um, a new one out of France. So I right. like that it's new and I like, I like yeah. that it's under pressure because that's certainly, you know, my one-on-one -on -one coaching is all about performing under pressure. There's a song so, for that too. Yeah, I, <laughs> you, you want to, should we start singing on the coaching? Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also was coaching somebody recently that uh, their performance reviews are really hurting 
their mm. the way that they were interacting with their leaders like it was just so not productive mm. um so I like all these tools but I think also there's uh, this particular company then moved to you all you needed to do was simply say to your manager hey this really works for me but this really doesn't yeah so right. so I think they've moved from you know they've moved one one level I mean right obviously the second half of that sentence you know was so many other way better ways maybe of framing that you when you work with companies um mm-hmm. what's that sort of ideal again a little bit we're talking a lot about the manager as well, right. giving the, the coachee feedback. What, what do you think is ideal with regards to performance reviews and, you know, how, how you oh, integrate? That's a really good question. <laughs> I think that I'd love to see a world where feedback is like automatic and it doesn't wait for a quarter, mid-year, end of year. Um, you know, and we're all brave enough and, and, um, thankful enough to take it, but we're also brave enough to give it and caring enough to give it. Um, so that would kind of be ideal is that, but you still have to figure out how to pay people, promote people and do different things. So I know those numbers kind of matter. Um, but I hate the bell curve. Like we've got to throw out the bell curve because those demotivate a players, like nothing I've ever seen like Mm. me, you know, I was like, I don't want to be, I'm not a three, like <laughs> put me in a box. Like anyway, mm. so that's just me. Um, mm. So I don't yeah. know. I don't, I mean, what are you seeing out there too? I, I there are a lot of companies still committed to this. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I'm seeing a lot of confusion in the hybrid, yeah. the hybrid workplace because I, I totally agree. I, I would love to see uh, people be able to just, you know, not be so stuck in the past of right. this is not what works or this is I didn't right. like it when you said this or you know let's right. just go to what you know I call that future-based language I love yes. that that future-based yeah. way of then bringing things back to the present executing and delivering uh, but I think I don't know the answer in in the new hybrid format of how that's people, a good point we you know they make space for that because often the meetings are about a task Right. I think there's so many other things we can do because I know I absolutely loved your talk at the uh, Mile High Society Human Resource Annual uh, Conference um, that we both spoke at last week. Oh, my goodness, was it last week? Um, (laughs) But you were just so brilliant the way that you were able to uh, relate to these, the challenges facing these HR managers and taking off your armour and and self-care as coaches. What are some of your go-to strategies with self-care um, for oh, coaches? Man, that's a lifetime of learning for me. And um, the two basics are sleep and exercise for sure. Um, and I just, I struggle with, you know, being consistently healthy and how I eat, but um, it's also how I talk to myself. So um, I think part of what coaching can be really helpful with is um, really discovering those inner critics, saboteurs, or voices. And really, at some point, it's just finally like, oh my gosh, I almost couldn't hear them. But other people could hear it, like coaches could hear them for me. I mean, I'm just brutal to myself. And so really trying to reframe how I talk to myself internally has been a big help. But um, yeah, I don't know. 
sleep and exercise seem to be the foundation. Mm -hmm. I mean, how about you? I mean, it's been stressful for everybody. Like, how are you navigating stress and taking care of yourself? Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm born in October, you know, those scales. Yeah, <laughs> very rarely are they sitting level. <laughs> I'd like right. to pretend that they they are. Uh, but I one of the things I think, uh, I think similar to you in the fact that I throw myself into uh, yeah. a project or, or completing this book people are probably sick of me saying that on the podcast the struggle is real ladies yes, and gentlemen it is the struggle is real but yeah. so the finding that balance uh yes i think you've hit the nail on the head with definitely exercise um and just being still mm. taking time just to, and even i've had a lot of success with some of my clients just six to ten minute mindfulness personalized yeah. recordings that are oh. for them specific to oh, them and just yeah. helping them stop. And a lot of my clients have just said that six minutes was, you know, cause often if I do a half hour, they're like, no, nah, right. I don't have half an hour. So they never end up yeah. doing it. So making wow, it personalized is such a key right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wow. is. It is. I, I think that's, yeah. that's important. And I do them for myself. Yeah. So great. Cause you can, I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. That is so great. Yeah. 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 And um, also I loved in your talk just about the armor. Would you, mm-hmm. would you mind just sharing? I love you had you, um, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but you had some really great wordings around mm-hmm. the types of armor to help people mm-hmm. put language to. Yeah. Yeah. Could you just share a bit more? Sure. About sure. That? Um, well, and just to uh, tie it back to Brene, she has 11 types of armor. It's a little bit different than it's in her book. Great podcast on that. But really, if you take a look across all the research, um, I sort of combined it and it, we used to say fight or flight. And now I'm looking at fight or flight. And then there's a freeze. Um, and then I, I've added some other ones in there, but like, or fold. Um, and so the folding is sort of like over-pleasing, like when things are kind of crazy and dangerous, like you try to get as close to everybody else as you can and make them like you. Um, and a lot of people pleasers know what that is. And then there's the, um, the flight where it's just like things are, well, and here in a virtual world and a virtual team, it's the easiest thing in the world to turn off your computer and you are gone. And so I think um, all of us have had to navigate when we're working from home, how we're available to each other. But I think there's a flight response. Um, There's definitely, I have a fight response, a real strong controller that, you know, really wants to manage situations. Um, But I also, in, in my coaching, I think some people go to judgment. And the judgment is a way of putting yourself, if you've read anything from Arbinger, group. I love their stuff. Um, but we put ourselves in a better than box and everybody else in a less than box. And that makes us feel better about ourselves. So that's another form of armor. I think I covered all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, freeze. Well, and then freeze out. That was, I mean, shoot, overwhelm. That's what overwhelm is. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think I did that quite as elegantly as I did last <laughs> week, but uh, hopefully that made sense. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I love uh, when we can just give things language. It's mm-hmm. easier to say, "Hey, I just I'm just going to take my fold armor off," or yeah, you know, and, right. and let yourself be seen because we're only human at the end of the day, and and all navigating through this together. Uh, and in my presentation, one of the uh, the fourth trait that makes up I did what uh, all champions have in common uh, right. was resilience. And yes, I Love really it. liked your take on on resilience. I think. <laughs> 
um, because because of what we just spoke about, that's right. triggered my my memory in you reframing or well, please elaborate, but from resilience to perseverance mm -hmm. um, because of everything we've been going through. But could you expand a little bit more on that? And, and don't yeah. tell me I have to change one of my chapters in the book. No, I hope not. Um, that'll be really funny. I actually love the word resilience. And um, what I learned is that it's a pretty unique English language word. There, It's hard to translate into other um, European languages um, when I was doing some training on this, but it's this idea that you can be really strong, resilient is, and also very flexible so that you can rebound and um, come back to a position. So like we build buildings to withstand earthquakes and come back and, and like a, a willow tree is really strong and a storm can do something to it, but it'll come back. But um, I had one friend and he just, it was so funny. I was just talking about what's going on with him. And he's like, if I hear the word resilience one more time, I'm absolutely gonna just like throw up. And he's like, I can't stand it. And I was like, what? Like, I love that word. And he's like, there's no going back. There's no bouncing back. And he's in healthcare. And so, and trying to serve those leaders and they're exhausted. Mm. And his whole thing was, I feel, he felt like there were so many false peaks, like, what is the end of this? Like, I don't even know what that means. And so it kind of made sense. And so perseverance, it was slightly different, but it's this ability to have like grit and determination to keep going through challenges. And so it doesn't have that like elastic snap back. It's a little more deeper strength to like keep moving. And so um, I'm actually, it's totally not mine. It was my friend that came up with it, but I'm sort of intrigued by it. But yeah, like how, how is that showing up for you too, this perseverance versus resilience? Yeah, I, I think that the two go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, because I 100% agree that we're moving forward constantly to a new normal. Yeah. And therefore, and in the sporting world, the number one skill that I've had to teach over countless years, especially in the sport of tennis, is how often you come second in the rally. I mean, every oh. second point, you're losing the point, right? Yeah, right. So right. if you can't bounce back from that, and if you can't right. do that game game after game after game, I mean, that's what I learned that from is resilience. U.S. Yeah. college tennis. That right. is like... Every girl that I played was just as good as me. It was like, mm -hmm. how am I going to beat this girl? It was like, who has more resilience and perseverance yeah. to yep. stay out on the court as long as possible, which is kind of what the world we're in. As we, as we move into 2022, I know that you and I spoke off air earlier how excited we are about the year. Yeah. We have to persevere and be able to bounce back when um, my my father-in-law said to me the other day, he mm -hmm. said, Emma, he goes, when you get your ninth no, celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate. Oh, that's he so goes, awesome. Because number 10, yeah. you'll, it'll be a yes. Yeah. And, and that's perseverance. Uh-huh. But it's also right? each time you get knocked back yeah. is resilience because you've got to yeah. pick up the phone or you've got to resend that email or you've got to reconnect with that person. So totally. it's bounce back, bounce back, bounce back and do it over and over again. So I, I'm, I think you, as now that I'm extending this beautiful book process, I think 
perseverance may just make an appearance in under the resilience chapter well i do you know as we were talking through it i, I think they go hand in hand um because they're a slightly different but both needed mm -hmm. like keep going and have that determination but also to kind of rebound rebound and reset because you're absolutely right especially in tennis in particular but in whatever sport like my boys play volleyball watching them get out of the headspace of we just lost a point and get back in position and be ready for the next thing is absolutely resilience and we all need that too I, I think we need both yeah I couldn't agree more what what a great way just to to wrap up the episode and and in the workplace I mean we do get knocked down we get a deal not accepted or we get right um a lead who's you know who ends a contract so you know on a different scale micro versus macro resilience I think um what a what a great way just to really conclude that we're all on the right track. Yes, and it's not and easy. We're strong and it's we're strong yep. and we're brave. Come on, throw out yeah. a few more yes. grenades, grenades <laughs> for me. We can do <laughs> it. Yes, we'll be in the arena. Yeah, I love it. Um, fantastic, and of course, who we are is how we lead. Yes, yes, and love listening and curiosity. There's been so many gold dust moments on this episode i hope everyone's enjoyed it as much as i have just getting to know you more bub and i'd love to continue to stay in touch me you too are a colorado uh, yes person and i am too i could actually say that now Yay. it feels a bit more legit now i've got my green card uh, so um but i just really appreciate your time your effort your energy and just how easy you made everyone feel last week oh. and that's just you know that's a skill in itself it's such mm -hmm. a, a, a I, feel, I honestly think we could do a three-hour podcast but everyone's like no Emma wrap it up okay yes. so uh, anyway thanks again well, Bob. thank thanks, you thanks so for much on the for Patreon having podcast. me yeah I'm just super appreciative I don't totally want to stay in touch and um what you're doing is really important so thank yeah. you for having me right back at you thanks everybody for listening and if you enjoyed this episode please remember to give it a rating and a review on your podcast listening device thanks for listening